Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. You know, I'm going here because last week I talked about dealing with injustice, and every one of us have had injustice happen to us. But in 1 Peter 3, it says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but to the face of the wicked or to the wicked, his face is against them. Now, some of you may not like that, but the truth is you can't just do whatever you want and live wickedly and expect to get the blessings of God. Now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't feed us and give his rain and his sunlight. God blesses all humanity, but there's another level of favor and blessing that God bestows upon his children. And so we've all had injustice, hurts, pains, some indirect, some direct, some caused to us, some that we caused. That's why you need forgiveness. And that's why you need to understand that the world is an unjust place. It's not fair. It's not about being fair. It's about being just. And if you don't know how to forgive, if you don't know how to let go, if you hang on to bitterness and hurts and pains from the past, you're going to find yourself stuck. And that root of bitterness is going to defile everyone around you. And you may say, well, I'm keeping it inside, or my, my sin only affects me. Sin never only affects you, folks. Mark my words. It never just affects you. And you say, well, I don't talk about it. I keep it to myself, and I treat other people right. But the truth is, is you can treat people right, but not righteous. And you can be shut down from the power and the life that God has inside of you. And now who you were always created to be is robbed. And you're just going through the motions, dissatisfied and unhappy, unhappy. So we keep the, it's the cyclical cycle of dysfunction, whether it's pornography, hiding, lying, cheating, stealing. The heart's deceitfully wicked, and every single one of us battles those things. Don't think that I'm immune to it either. I just know how to stand against it and stay in the pocket of God's presence and God's love and make him my pleasure. Because I understand that God created a garden and he wants to restore the garden first in my heart. The garden was called pleasure and delight. So now when I used to run to drugs and alcohol and sex and the things of this world, I now run to the King of Kings 24-7 and it's not out of religious duty. I'm a happy, peaceful guy. And I've been hurt and, and all kinds of stuff that could cause me to be jaded and people I loved leaving. And I've been called names and all kinds of stuff. I don't care because I'm satisfied and confident in who I am. See, orphans are never satisfied. And if you're never satisfied and you're looking to work and stuff and money and girls and pleasure and the things of this world, you're an orphan. You don't know who you really are. And it's so, just own it. And I'm sorry for the religious dysfunction so many of you experienced when you were young. I'm sorry if you saw people like me mishandle God's word and mishandle you. I gave a word to a guy on Sunday night, or on Wednesday night. I said, I want you with no filters. You need to be here, but take your filters off. I don't care if you cuss around me. I don't cuss, but if you feel the need to cuss, then we'll just work on your heart over time. We'll let the Holy Spirit work on you. I minister to outlaw bikers all the time. I'm around that. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't learn to bridle your tongue, but I'd rather you come as you are than try to pretend to be something that you're not. We've got to take off the religious mask and stop pretending. We lay claim to the King of Kings and to Christianity, yet our hearts are far from God. All right, I won't beat you all up anymore. 
I know some of you are like, whoo, man, pow, pow, pow. Let's go back to the supernatural. You need to be flamed on, folks. Man, I was in wild dreams all night long. I don't even know where half these dreams come from. All night long, God was speaking to me, there's three that bear witness in heaven and on earth. All night long. I literally woke up in the middle of the night reading the scripture in 1 John 5 about the three that bear witness in heaven, the three that bear witness on earth. There's three that bear witness in heaven, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the blood, and the water. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm not preaching on that today. I'm just telling you what I dreamed all night. I wasn't even reading the scriptures. I was hanging out with some real bad dudes in my dreams. One of them started manifesting on me, so I bound up the, the demon, and he was like a, it was like a King Kong demon. And the guy, I had him down on his head as he's wriggling and writhing, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap, this, I better not let this demon go. Now, some of you, that's just so foreign to you. But see, God prepared me in my dreams long before it happened in the natural. I can't even explain it to you, except that I started having spiritual warfare dreams in the night about crushing the head of snakes and crushing them with my heel. This was in Miami before I ever knew about a church like this or anything about spiritual warfare. Crazy deliverance dreams so that when it happened in the natural, God had already prepared me in the spirit. But if you don't put your delight and trust in him and stop scrolling for 45 minutes before you go to bed, God wants your full attention. There's no half time with God. And the problem is most people will not pay this price of intensity. Most people will not be this aggressive, but you should. And I'm going to do all I can to persuade you and convince you today, because if you came here today, which you all did, and those of you that are watching, my job is to persuade you to be on fire, to be intimate, to read God's word, to pray in the spirit, to walk in the spirit, to live in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And guess what? I got a flesh too. And don't think for a second that if I give it the, just the tip of my fingernail, it's not going to take my whole arm. So I, I'm extra aggressive because I came from a crazy past. Maybe some of y'all didn't, but I don't think anybody gets the pass from not having a crazy past. Whether you did or you didn't, it doesn't matter. Y'all need Jesus as much as I do. I don't get like an extra measure of favor and grace more than you do. We don't come to church to just get our ears tickled and do our nice Christian duty. I don't care about being popular. I don't need more followers. What I need is more of Jesus and the cloud of his presence and the power of God to set the captives free. All right. Man, where am I going this morning? God's got me all stirred up. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six through seven. It's not Christmas, but we're gonna read this scripture. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So this is in his nature. Let's keep the scripture up. This is, this is who he is. 
He's God with us, not God far from us. Now, if you do some studies in scripture about the difference between the wicked and the righteous, there's a lot of differences. I think I'm gonna preach on that soon. I got a message brewing titled Wicked Wealth. Oh, I wanted to preach today, but I'm not getting to. The wealth of the wicked, you want to feel like, what's God doing? And he's like, man, I'm excited. I'm gonna get some of Soros's money. And I'm gonna do it legitimately. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. But the wicked, if you just study out the difference between the righteous and the wicked. We're so angry manifesting. What if it's all set up by God? At any minute, God can flip the tables. At any minute, he can flip the tables. In fact, when he comes to visit, the first thing he does is flip the tables. And the first table he flips is your heart. Because if you got a money changer inside of you, you better watch out. My house. Everybody touch your chest and say, my house shall be called a house of prayer, which is constant communion with the Lord. The problem is so many of us are so tore up from our past. We have hurts, pains, bitterness, spun out, drugged out, sleeping around. If you shack up, you crack up, and you're cracking up here in the sanctuary today. But guess what? God fixes crack up. God heals broken. That's why I'm here. So I'm patient with you. I'm gracious with you. But until you own it and come out from the fig leaf and say, man, I'm tired of hiding. I need help. Man, that's the first place God meets you is help. Man, I'm preaching good today. I don't know what's up going on with y'all, but woo! There's a lot in this scripture but I'm gonna focus on one thing and the government. You know how you're gonna shift this nation and shift your family and shift your kids is when you become a priest of God that carries the government of God on your shoulders. How were the priests, the Levites, commanded to carry the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament? On their shoulders. Not with an ox. People want the easy way, and God says, Here's, you're going you're gonna to carry the burden of the Lord upon you so that you'll do something about it yeah. instead of just typing it on Facebook. God's government is the standard of government, not the White House, not the President of the United States, no king, no, there's no greater standard than the government of God on the face of the earth. And the government of God is designed to rest upon your shoulders. The problem is, is we lack becoming and being who we're genuinely supposed to be because we're consumed with this world. That's why the Bible says if you're even a friend with the world, it's enmity toward God. And it doesn't mean that I don't love the world. I do genuinely love the world in the context of I want to see it born again and saved and I, my heart breaks for those that don't know what we know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Will you give yourself? Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. Will you allow yourself to be bruised for the iniquities of others? We're laying down some truth today, folks. 
because some of us were just so angry and upset. And the truth is the only way anything's gonna change is not another talking head patriot organization. What's gonna change the kingdom of, what's gonna change the things of this world is the kingdom of God with people like us that have power and authority and love. And we call them out. Do you know Jesus? Because if you don't, you're leading by your own strength. And that requires relationship with mayors, county judges, city council members, city managers, assistant city managers, you name it. Police chiefs, sheriffs, outlaw bikers. I don't care who it is. And I have influence in all those places. Some a little, some a lot. And the reason why I'm doing it is yes, the result will be fighting for the nations of the world, but I'm doing it because these people need Jesus and God's pleading through you that they would be reconciled back to him. You're his hands and feet. You're the body of Christ. You're the government of God. So you're called to influence influencers. Instead of just manifesting being mad about it, at least the least you could do is start praying for them. So God wants to increase our influence in all spheres of influence. In Luke chapter 7, verse 31, we'll read this real quick. Luke 7, verse 31, the Lord said, to what then shall I liken the men of this generation and what are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another saying, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We mourned to you and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you said, he has a demon. The son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. What children are you reproducing in your life? What are your children becoming? And maybe you became something you weren't supposed to become, but God's a God of redemption, just like me. I was orphaned. I was abandoned. I was neglected. I was raised without Christ in my life. I didn't go to church growing up. I was wild. I was a partier. I was a drug addict. I was a deadhead. And now wisdom saved my life transform me. And now when people see me, they see him. So now when people see what you or what you're reproducing, who are they seeing? What are you reproducing? Only wisdom justifies and provides results, specifically children. And we need wisdom. You need wisdom. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, Paul's saying, pray for me, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly, and I want you to see these last few words, as I ought to speak, because there's a way you shouldn't be speaking. You're a Christian. You're not of this world. Stop fighting the way the world fights. You have better weapons. The weapons of your warfare are not, not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of demonic strongholds, yeah. casting down every deceptive law. Parap- I love paraphrasing scripture. Your head's messed up. Get some new weapons. Stop counseling yourself. 
Get the spirit of God bridled on your brain so you can cast down all these demonic strongholds that are causing you to stay up at night, have nightmares, do drugs, alcohol, spin out, and all the stuff that's making you crazy. Vain imaginations, warped belief systems, jacked up religious belief systems. So there's a way that we ought to speak and God wants you to speak boldly. And I, what I love this is like, pray for me that I would open my mouth so that I can make known the mystery of the gospel. At the end of the day, the only way anything's gonna change is when the gospel gets imparted into the hearts of man and they give their lives to Christ and they are transformed. Everything else is behavior modification. Everything else. You cannot do this in your own strength. Stop trying. Surrender all. The only way you can become a disciple is to deny yourself, forsake all, and take up your cross. So there's a way that we ought to speak, and God wants it to be boldly. This is priests that carry the government of God on their shoulders. The first thing that people noticed about Jesus when he showed up on the scene was what authority that he spoke with. You ever met a religious person or a Christian that's trying to preach or witness or go to a funeral or a wedding or somebody that tries to witness to you or somebody? It's like, man, they have zero authority. They have, they have positional authority because of their title, but they don't have spiritual authority in their heart. Eating from the wrong tree, folks. Looks good, sounds good, seems good, 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 good. And all the while... It's death. Yes. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So Christ pleads through you. Can't, you guys got to see this. The problem is, is you got a grasshopper mentality. I'm just a little grasshopper. Grasshopper. You know, there's no eeny, meeny, miny, moan here. If you're born again and you have Christ inside of you, you have all of Jesus inside of you. What you have to do is repent, turn away from the lies of the darkness with Christ's help, focus your gaze and attention on him, and shut off the things of this world that are influencing you. You know, I, I have said this before. I get very angry at times, and I'm not sinning in my anger. I, there's times that I get, as I'm raising little children... I get very angry at times about my past in the way that says, man, I wish that I would not have been as promiscuous as I was, at all promiscuous. I wish that I would have had parents that raised me to know what I know and are doing what I'm teaching my kids, and then now I have to wrestle with this old carnal thing that, of things I saw and tasted I wish I never would have ever seen or tasted. Right. Do any of you ever think that? Now, the great news is the blood of Jesus washes, and I'm not defined by my past, nor am I living in guilt or shame or condemnation. I'm making a point to you. So what do I do? I plead with others to be reconciled to God now and don't wait any longer for another year, five, 10 years. Time is flying by, folks. It is racing, racing, racing. The days are over as fast as they start. What, there's, stop waiting for tomorrow. Yeah. Now is the time. Yes. Now is the time. 
God's always ready, willing, able, right on time, all day long, stretching out his arm. God's pleading to us, be reconciled. Let's balance the books. You've been unjust. You have perverted justice. You've lived like a crazy person. You've lived in darkness, shame, hurts, pains, bitterness, unforgiveness, spun out, whatever it is. Let's balance the books. Only the blood of Jesus balances the books. God's a God of justice. So where there's injustice and crooked ways, God makes them straight. And he balances the scales, but only Jesus can do it. You cannot do this in your own strength. So you're, everybody say, I'm an ambassador. What's an ambassador? It's an accredited diplomat sent by a country as an official representative to a foreign country. One with delegated authority to officially make decisions on behalf of the nation or the leader it represents. It's a presbyter or an elder that has a rank and office with an ability to manage public affairs and administer justice. So as an ambassador, I'm called to administer justice. I'm accredited by heaven and by Christ inside of me. I'm sent by a far off kingdom to, the, to another nation. I have the kingdom of God inside of me. So do you when you're born again. And now you become an official representative, not that's weak and passive, but with power and authority to accomplish and represent Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine if you started living this way? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and the ears, his ears are open to their prayers. It's lordship on another level. And it doesn't mean in this world I don't have trouble. It just means there's trouble on the outside, not on the inside. Now, no matter what storm's raging, no matter what happens with the nations, no matter what happens with other people, I don't bite the apple from that tree that they're eating from. I stay hooked to the vine Amen. at all times. That's the way you're called to live. Amen. This is the Christian life. Woo! Yeah! yeah. Right, Say, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. We're an ambassador in chains. We're an ambassadors for Christ. What does it mean to be in chains? What does it mean to be a bond servant? What does it mean to be a bond slave? It literally means that now I don't have the choice, but to, I mean, I have a choice, but I really don't have a choice. I don't even want the choice. I want to do whatever Christ wants me to do because I'm an official representative and what he says goes. And it doesn't matter what you say as long as Christ is saying it. And if Christ isn't saying it, you're just, as I love to say lately, talking out of your rear end. This is what God showed me about a year and a half ago. So you have the ability to make decisions on behalf of the leader you're representing. Luke 9, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all. So what did he give you? Power and authority over all demons. That's why it's like, I've been telling you lately that if you're in a massive amount of spiritual warfare, once you get understanding of the fact that the devil's already defeated and you shut the flesh down, shut the flesh down, the enemy's got no right into your life. Power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. What does it mean to be sent? The word sent is the word apostle. In the Greek, it means to be set apart in liberty and sent out to bring liberty. So now I got set apart in liberty. 
Now I can bring liberty to your life. And how does God bring liberty to the lives of those around you? He pleads through you, be reconciled back to God. So it's the ministry of reconciliation is done through your life. So you're sent. You have authority. It's royal authority and jurisdiction, permission and rule. The word authority in the Greek is exousia. It means that I am now fully in charge to represent the Lord anywhere I go and at all times. It's like an officer with a badge. But power is a little bit different. Power is the ability to exercise the authority. Cast out demons, heal the sick, interpret dreams, help people with visions, help people with past hurts and pains, forgiveness, bitterness, whatever it is. Now the tables flip. Instead of being the, the person that is the victim, now you're a son or a daughter with authority and power. The way I liken that is the gun. It's the badge and the gun. So you have a spiritual badge from heaven and you have a spiritual weapon from God. And at any time you can exercise that if you need to because of who you are. But identity and spiritual authority must come first. So look at these terms. It's apostle, ambassador, authority, power. You know, a great example of this is when Paul was on his missionary journey to... um, Paul was on a missionary journey. I don't remember where it was, but when he, when he showed up and he met a girl named Lydia who was a seller of purple and was very wealthy and highly influential. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 16 that God opened up her heart to receive the word. She gives her life to Christ. Then she begins providing for the apostles on their missionary journey. And then you should know the story. They get arrested. As soon as they get out, she hosts them for seven days and takes care of them. She was a high influencer of the city. How about the philosophers at Mars Hill in Athens? Paul shows up on the scene. I believe it's Acts chapter 9. Paul shows up on the scene or actually it's Acts 17, I think I gave you that. Paul shows up on the scene and all the philosophers are on Mars Hill trying to learn something new and you know, talking about life and here comes Paul preaching the gospel and they're fascinated, they wanna hear about it and then he sees a, a, a monument to the unknown God or an altar to the unknown God and he uses that as the opportunity to preach to them And many of them, the Greek philosophers get born again because he was spirit-led, he had wisdom for the moment and he was preaching the gospel and it flipped many of the philosophers' lives. Acts chapter 13, verse four. Saul and Barnabas and their assistant Mark, known as John, were directed by the Holy Spirit to go to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Cyprus is very important. You understand something about Cyprus. It was the birthplace of the goddess Aphrodite or Venus in Roman, in, in Rome. She was a god of love, beauty, pleasure, passion, and procreation. 
And so they basically sail right into a heavy demonic stronghold. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogues and preached the manifestation of our Lord. And from there, they crossed the island as far as Paphos, where they encountered a Jewish false prophet, a sorcerer named Elymas, who also went by the name Bar-Jesus or Son of Jesus. He had gained influence as a spiritual advisor to the regional governor, Sergius Paulus, and considered by many to be a wise and intelligent leader. The governor requested a meeting with Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the message of God's word. But Elymas, whose name means sorcerer, stood up against them and tried to prevent the governor from believing their message. Saul, also known as Paul, stared into his eyes and rebuked him. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, you son of the devil, you are full of every form of fraud and deceit and an enemy of all that is right. Priests carrying the government of God on their shoulders, what I want you to see here. When will you stop perverting the truth of God into lies? At this very moment, the hand of God's judgment comes down upon you and you'll be blind, so blind you won't even be able to see the light of the sun. As Paul spoke these words, a shadowy mist and darkness came over the sorcerer, leaving him blind and groping about, begging someone to lead him around by the hand. When the governor witnessed this, he believed and was awestruck by the power of the message of the Lord. So who was, who was influencing the proconsul and who resisted the apostles from preaching the gospel to the proconsul? And the, the better question is who was influencing the sorcerer? You got to see the deception behind the deception. Another great example, Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter eight, they thought he was the great power of God. So, you know, I love these types of scriptures because all that the, the apostles were doing was the power, was the work and the power of God. In Acts eight, they came in preaching the gospel, baptizing people, filling them with the spirit, setting the captives free. Then suddenly everybody who thought Simon the sorcerer was the power of God now are looking to Philip and the apostles. They didn't hold a prayer rally to march around the, the psychic's house or the stripper's club or the city hall. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't pray, but how we pray and what we pray and what we do is what's so important. You already have the power of God inside of you. Be the contrast. Be the contrast. You live in a, in a, in a town not far from here that has so much addiction. Alcoholism is rampant in Port Aransas. Drugs, people are spun out and the, the life and the power of crisis and the voice of God's heard small there. So be the contrast. People love and respect you. Preach the gospel. Love, care for people. And you'll be the difference that flips the hearts and minds of other people's lives. So here we have governors, we have sorcerers and all these people that can't stand a chance compared to what's inside of you. I'll leave you with this, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10. The blessing that rests on the righteous releases strength and favor to the entire city. But shouts of joy will be heard when the wicked one dies. The blessing of favor resting upon the righteous influences a city to lift it higher, but wicked leaders tear it apart by their words. You gotta watch your mouth. God's a great big God. And if you've fallen prey to the lies of this world and are fighting the way the world's fighting and you're, you're speaking death instead of life, you're not allowing God to do what God does best in their lives. 
So what we say all comes down to perspective and what we see. Not only does this apply to our immediate community and city, but also to the nation that we all call home. When we bless and speak life to the world around us, strength and favor come to that world. This comes from seeing and speaking the way God does. This, however, does not preclude us from calling out and exposing wickedness. It doesn't mean I don't call out and expose wickedness. We found pornography books in public, in, in the school libraries here. Guess what we did? We emailed the person privately and in turn called the superintendents who claimed they didn't know they were there to get the books out. And they said, oh, we didn't know. We'll remove them. And they have. have. So I don't need to call anybody out by name because many of us want to call people out by name and tear them down, but you don't want to have a face-to-face conversation. I have to have face-to-face conversations with our county judge, with our mayor. Because now as a representative of Christ, if I just call them out by name and tell you how bad they are and jacked up they are and don't vote for them, man, I'm, a rep- I'm an ambassador of Christ. Anybody that is not born again is living out of God's design. And when you're out of God's design, you're out of your mind. It's easy to see the problems and sin issues plaguing our society. It's even easier to be a part of that problem should we choose. Whether it's blatant disregard for the lives of others and how we live both publicly and privately, how we treat people, when we choose not to vote and influence the world around us, we have elections coming up on Tuesday. One of the issues on the ballot is that no political leader can ever say that a church can be shut down. I'll be voting yes for that one. You all should vote. And you should read carefully what you're voting for and do your research before you go to the poll on Tuesday. Christians should make their voice heard, but we do it in love. And if they don't want to hear what we have to say, then you know what? I'll call you out publicly if I have to, if it's the Holy Spirit leading me to do it. And it doesn't mean there's people I won't call out publicly. But I better have made an opportunity to reach out to them to know Christ. We choose not to vote and influence We simply remain quiet when Jesus commands us to speak is an atrocity. All right? Matthew 5, 14. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Set its place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. And I love this scripture, Proverbs 14, 34. A nation is exalted by the righteousness of its people, but sin heaps disgrace upon the land. A wise and faithful servant receives promotion from the king. Let's read that again. A wise and faithful servant receives promotion from the king, but the one who acts disgracefully gets to taste the anger of the king. Our job is to stop acting disgracefully and win over the ones who are. We're called to reconcile, which means, by the way, to restore, settle, and bring back to God, not drive them further away. This is the beauty of the gospel on the cross. We are made righteous through Jesus alone by his atoning work on the cross and in turn by spirit-led actions and living. This is what exalts a nation and what I believe our founding fathers 
not all of them, but some of them intended for us all. And so right now, I'm going to call those of you that have been living contrary to God's design, angry, apathetic, lack of joy, ticked off, mad. I get it. There's so much injustice coming out of Washington. The whole world is spinning out right before our very eyes, right? So you don't need to be the one spinning out. God's not caught off guard. God's not caught off guard. Now, many of you, the least of your concern seems to be what's happening on a national or political front. And that could be because of struggles you're having at home or your marriage, finances, whatever it is. Hurts, pains. You got to forgive and you got to let those things go. Get yourself filled with the spirit. I mean, you can't do it to yourself, but get yourself in a position to receive it. Go after the more that God has for you. There's a lot more. God doesn't want you to stay the same. I can't stay the same. Every day I want to grow in my knowledge and wisdom and understanding of who Christ is and who he's called me to be every day. I'm so hungry. I am so hungry. And when you're hungry for righteousness and you thirst for righteousness, God says, I'm going to fill you. Life's going to race by. It's not going to be all about your paychecks and your money and what you provided. It's going to be about who you became. So who are you becoming? Every single one of you, wherever you're at, has great influence. Your work, the gym. I go to the gym a lot, and they all know who I am. I have conversations with them. I build relationships with them. I've shed tears with the gym manager. I am friends with many politicians in this city for the design and the desire to see them come to Christ. And if there's corruption, I'm in a position where I can remedy that corruption. You all should be getting involved in your local school boards. You should be getting involved on city council or at least going to city council meetings. You should be getting involved in all the things happening, boards, committees, commissions. And some of you, I realize, like, I don't have time for that. Well, you know what? Pray for them. And don't be afraid to take a stand and partner with organizations that you know have biblical values like County Citizens Defending Freedom. It's not a political organization. It's a biblical organization that I helped start. So you all play a part. And you know what? If there's anything that you can do is preach the gospel, have a healthy marriage, live your life upright, stop doing the things that are bringing corruption, lay down the porn, stop shacking up, stop living in compromise. And if you're doing any of those things, get help. Don't live in shame. I help people out of that all day long. I can't tell you how many people I've married that were living together or shacking up because they said, I want to do it the right way. I love people. I love you. I care about you. I just want to see you be everything God. I have no selfish intent but to see you become everything God wants you to become. Okay? Get the supernatural coursing through your veins. Stop living less than. You are not a victim. Victimhood and, I, and sonship cannot cohabitate. All right? Let's all stand. I'm going to just take a moment to pray for you this morning. I know many of you, I know in some ways this was a heavy conversation or message. 
but you know what? I love you and I want to see you walk in the power of God and I want to see you be free. I want to see you become everything Christ has called you to become and that's only going to come from surrendering all. All right? So if you're being plagued with fear, nightmares, worry, doubt, anxiety, if you've been lacking spiritual encounters and you need more and you're desperate for more, this is for you. All right? If you're hooked in the world, get unhooked. Get hooked to Jesus and he'll unhook you from the world. If you haven't been walking in your calling, if you haven't been walking in the power of God that you're called to walk in, you're in the right place. This is where that, those spiritual gifts are imparted into your life to establish you. So close your eyes, put your hands out in front of you in a receiving position. There's many of you in this sanctuary that have backslidden and wandered from God. You've had a warped view of who God is. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Jesus, I just lift everyone up in this sanctuary to you. Lord, I pray that they'd never be the same. I pray, God, that every single person here would be so flamed on that just by being in this atmosphere that when they leave, they're gonna be so stirred up night and day, night and day. And that, Lord, when they look at the darkness, it won't even phase them or affect them because they're the light of the world. All darkness is is an absence of light. Become the light of the world through Jesus. And I want you to surrender all to Christ right now, every single one of you. I'm gonna do it together with you. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm coming home to you. I'm sorry for going my own way. I don't want to keep running. Lord, I need your help. I need to know you for who you really are. I don't want to stay the same, God. I need more of you. And I ask for help. Help me to deny myself. Help me to forsake all. And help me to take up my cross. No matter what the cost is. No matter what the world says no matter what it looks like. Help me to be the spiritual leader that you've called me to be on earth as it is in heaven. I am an ambassador. I am an apostle. I have authority. I have power in all situations. Lord, I thank you that your ear is open to my prayers and your eyes are on me as a righteous son or daughter. Thank you, God, for the blood. Wash me, cleanse me, forgive me, heal me, and help me to let go of the things of the past. Help me to get my eyes off the world and to have them on you. Make me a priest that carries the government of God on my shoulders so that I won't be moved and I won't be shaken, I won't be angry, and I won't be apathetic. I'll stop being skeptical. Lord, make me like a child again. Lord, bring innocence back to my heart. And help me, Lord, to shift this city, to shift my state, to shift my nation back to God. Back to God. God, I thank you for filling me with your spirit. Just lift your hands up to the Lord. Lord, I ask that you would baptize me. Come on, guys. Baptize me afresh and baptize me anew. I want to be filled with the Spirit, Lord, so that I can lead, be led by the Spirit at all times. Thank you, God, for peace, joy, refreshing, and your government that has no end. It's always increasing. So increase in me so I can bring increase to the world around me. Now, Jesus, I ask that you'd protect everyone as they go. 
I'd ask that you would realign their hearts and their lives behind closed doors. When no one's watching, when the lies and the fears and the worries and the loneliness and the temptation tries to creep in. I pray for resilience into your life, that you would shut off the things of the world and turn on the things of God. That's my prayer for you. You can do it, young and old, right now, tonight, today. Let's be difference makers. And as we go into the holiday season, in these next few months, Lord, I pray for fresh fire, the best gift, Lord, the best gifts, God, from heaven that you'd impart to us in our Wednesday nights, that you'd prepare our hearts, Lord, to bring those that are lost and hurting and broken and need the supernatural. Lord, let them come to this house, God. Increase this house, Lord. Prepare us for what's lying ahead, God. Stir us up to pray, to love, to fight right, and to pull the people out of darkness in love, to pull out the sorcerers and the psychics and all the demonic activity even happening on this day, God. All the demonic activity happening on Halloween. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, have mercy and drive back the darkness around our lives and in the hearts of men and women everywhere around us. Let our light shine bright. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the body of Christ. And I bless you all mightily to love your city and speak blessings over your city, to be righteous and transform the city and the nation around you. And I pray for your homes, your marriages, and your children. I pray that you would be the spiritual leaders you're called to be at home and you teach your kids about the wonder and fascination of God at all times. I bless you and I pray, God, that your face would shine mightily upon everyone here and that your countenance would fill their lives. Thank you for fervent fire and sons and daughters who walk confident in their identity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.